You're listening to sermon audio from Gospelite Baptist Church. For more resources or to donate to this ministry, please visit gospelite.org. Victory verses, scriptures that change everything. These scriptures, when you get them, begin to explode truth in your heart. For instance, our first victory verse was Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20. And here's what that verse screamed. A sovereign God controls every circumstance of my life. And we believe that. We claim that. We believe that though Satan or someone may have meant a circumstance in our life for evil to hurt us, God says, "Uh uh-uh, that's not how it works. Anything that happens to you, I mean it for good. I'm going to turn it around. It's amazing. You know, this weekend, uh, we had a couple of, it's funny. I was going to tell one of them because it was so funny. But Glorianne, we took Glorianne with us on this basketball trip. So that's always risky. You know, when you take her away from home for three days and put her in a military room. So she had an episode in the gym, our special needs daughter. She had an episode in the gym on, is she in the building? Is she up here? Okay, she's probably in children's church. I thought it'd be cool if she was here. But she had an episode in the gymnasium. Just got frustrated, kind of the noise and the different things. So she lost it. And when she did, without going to great detail, she ran into the ladies' restroom. Well, I was with her. So I went in the ladies' restroom with her. So I'm in the restroom. And all I can say is, ladies, stay in the stalls. There's a man in the restroom, you know. Someone said, I just should have said, you know, I'm feeling like a woman today. Okay, anyway. But uh, I didn't do that. I said... I, I, I stay in the stalls. I was in the restroom just I, talking to the ladies. It's going to be fine. I'm leaving soon. My daughter's special needs. God turned that into the most joyful, fun, incredible. By the way, I have a scratch here today. That's me and Glorianne getting into it this weekend. All right. And uh, sometimes, you know, you have to kind of wrestle her. But we were in Pizza Hut. And she had another one of those episodes. And, and it was rare. She just had a rough week. And we're not sure why. But she was in pizza. So she loses it. I have to get her out in the car. And we eat our pizza out in the car, you know. And. So the, the manager of the restaurant comes to our table. Zoe is sitting there. JJ sitting there. Uh, Carol Ann was there. Uh, Tristan was there. Tristan was there. So Tristan, uh, Tristan can vouch for this. It wasn't just my family. Tristan was there. And a man, the, gen, the manager of the store comes out and says, look, are you guys okay? Uh, uh, you know, is everybody fine? And we're like, yeah. He goes, look, how did my workers handle it? Did my, how did my personnel handle it? Were they good? Did they, were they compassionate? And Caroline's, oh, yeah, they, they were great. Yeah, I'm sorry. Listen, he said, I have a, I have a child with Asperger's. He said, I'm going to tell you, my child has stripped naked before in this restaurant. He's thrown, he's thrown things at me that have gone through windows and busted the entire window of the pizza hut. He said, I mean, I've been hit. He goes, I want you to know, my workers know because I have a child. That was nothing compared to what my child has done in this restaurant. So please know, it's okay. It's okay. Here, that is welcome. What, what Satan meant for evil, God meant for good. Amen? Isn't that great? You say, man, what are the chances of that happening? I'll tell you what that was. That was God saying, Eric, look, I know you're embarrassed. I know at times this can be kind of scary. But listen, there are people out there that are going through the same thing. And they've got you and you've got them. And all of this is happening to build the kingdom of God. So what am I saying? I'm saying it doesn't matter what circumstance you go through. There is a sovereign God that knows what pizza hut you should eat at. Number two. We talked about Deuteronomy 29, 29, which basically says, I may never know why. And I'm okay with that. That's good. No problem. Yeah, but don't you want to know why that happened? That was so awful. Eh, you know what? I'll find out one day. It's okay. 
God, God didn't want me to know. It's, it's a secret thing. He may, he may never let me know, but I do know what he has let me know. He's revealed some things to me. If you don't mind, I'm going to focus on what I do know, not what I don't know. I'm going to take God off trial and trust him with my life. And then we decided Daniel 3.18 is basically saying, you know what? I'm just not smarter than God. I mean, God is smarter than I am. I don't understand the circumstances. I'm sitting here in front of a, a fiery furnace, and you know what? God's going to deliver me, but if he doesn't, I'm not bowing down. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to trust that God has brought me here for a purpose, a higher purpose. He is smarter than I am. The pastor is not a slight upgrade from God. Listen, all of the things we discussed last week are so important for us to understand. So I want to talk to you today from Hosea chapter 6. I want you to focus with me on Victory Sunday. I want God to teach us some things from this minor prophet. Now, there are 11 minor prophets in Scripture. Hosea is the first of the 11, and it's the largest of the minor prophets. Now, when I say minor prophets, I'm not talking about minor in its, uh, meaning it's less complete or less important. I'm talking about it's just a smaller book in the Bible. That's all it is. When we say minor prophet, the meaning of that is it's just smaller than the major prophets. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, etc. So, Hosea is a very important book in Scripture. And it has a theme. The theme runs throughout the entire book. God's love for His people when they wander away from Him. God loves us when we wander from Him. And then an unparalleled move in Scripture, one that really blows our minds... In all of Scripture, we don't see anything like this happening, but God commanded the prophet Hosea to marry a prostitute. It's shocking. Some of you may know this, that if you're hearing this for the first time, it's true. And she continued to be unfaithful to him in their marriage. And he continued, Hosea continued to pursue her and to love her in spite of her unfaithfulness. You say, what's that all about, preacher? That is a picture of God's heart towards you and towards me. That's what it is. It's a picture of God and a picture of us. You see, we are the unfaithful partner. That's who we are. I hope that didn't shock you this morning. But we are that one who wanders from God. We are that one at times that continually walks away from what we know to be true. We are the one that at times gets off base and spiritually wanders away from the truth. But God longs for us to be revived. He longs for us to see things more clearly and to come back to Him. And so then we read our text. Are you ready to read it? Are you ready? Hosea 6. Here it is. Come. Let us return to the Lord. For He has torn us that He may heal us. He has struck us down. But He will bind us up. And after two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live before him. Let us know. Let us press on to know the Lord. His going out is as sure as the dawn. He will come to us as the showers As the spring rains that water the earth. So let's jump in, shall we? 
Let's take one verse at a time as we approach the victory verse this morning on Victory Sunday. We see three challenges from these first three verses. Challenge number one is this. I need reviving because I am a wanderer. I am a wanderer, and so I need reviving. Come, let us return to the Lord. We sang a moment ago, come thou fount of every blessing. If you were paying attention and focusing on the words, did you see that verse that said prone to wander? The songwriter said prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Lord, I want you to know. I feel this pull to do exactly what I know I shouldn't do. I feel a pull to get away from the truth, this pull to, to skip church, to sleep in, to walk away, to not tithe, but to hang on to my fine. I don't really want to, God, I feel a, a wandering from even this program. God, I admit to you that sometimes I wander. In fact, God, okay, oftentimes I wander. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. I love you, God, but there's this thing. I, I, I just, I'm sorry, but here's my heart. Here's my heart. Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. I recognize that I need revival because I am a wanderer. And I want you to notice the word return here. In verse number one, come, let us return. It's the Hebrew word that is the idea of repentance. And so first of all, I recognize I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in the condition I'm in. I just don't. I'm tired of this. I'm I'm tired of status quo. I'm, I'm tired of just sitting in church. I'm tired of just soaking in truth and then souring about it, looking for the negative instead of the positive. I'm tired of hearing preachers say 10 things a Sunday, one of which I disagree, nine of which I don't disagree, but the one thing is the one that gets me wondering if he's... And oh, I'm tired of that, God. I want to, I want to be different. I, I, I recognize I'm a wanderer, God. I'm a complainer. I, I get angry. I get frustrated. I recognize, God, I'm not what I need to be. That's the first thing you've got to do to get to this place where you can be revived. You've got to recognize you don't want to be here. And then secondly, you've got to repent. I don't want to do this anymore. A repent is, is a turning from something. I just don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be this way anymore. I don't want to disobey God anymore. I don't want to fight the Spirit anymore. I don't want to give all my reasons why with no Scripture. I'm just tired of it, God. I'm tired of arguing with the Holy Spirit. I don't want this anymore. I repent. And then I return. God, I return. I'm coming back to a heart of worship. The word return is mentioned to a, a thousand times in the Bible. One thousand times. The word return is mentioned just in the book of Hosea alone. Thirty-three times in just the book of Hosea. Return. Which makes this really not necessarily an evangelistic message. I'm speaking to those of you who are saved. You know Christ. You've become a new creature. You've kind of wandered. And I'm not even talking about, look, I'm not talking about you've wandered into the top three sins that everybody likes to say, you know, well, I don't do that. I'm talking about all the other ones. All the other ways that we wander. And we're going to come back. Oh, we're saved. We're, we love the Lord. But we've wandered. And God says, I want you to come back. So let's try to define this word revival for just a moment. Here's why it's a little tough, because it's a word not found in the Bible. You won't find the word revival in the Bible. So let's go to Psalm 85, verse 6. You will find this. 
Will you not revive? Or you'll find the word revived in the Bible. Will you not revive us again? Very important verse here. Pay attention. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in thee? Now, now, now listen. Here it is. Here's, here's how we're going to define revival this morning or re, to be revived this morning. Here's how we're going to do it. First of all, we're going to, we're going to recognize that, that we control the conditions. What I mean by that is that we have to repent. We have to return. We have to recognize we determine the conditions of revival, but who actually gives it? God does. God's the one that has to bring it. God, God, the Word of God says, I'm the one that does it. I just need you to be ready for it. Are you ready? Are you ready for what I want to do? Are you recognizing where you're wandering? Are you willing to repent of it and return to what you know is, was right? We need regular occurrences of that all the time. That's why in the past, the culture called for, are you ready, old-timers? You ready, old-timers? Revival meetings. Revival meetings. We had them all the time. If you're an old-time member of Gospel Light, you were here the first 10, 12 years, every quarter. Every quarter, we had a revival meeting that was so well attended, we would sometimes have more on Monday night than we had on Sunday morning. Oh, yeah, 20 years ago. I mean, everybody would come out. You'd be here Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. Friday. We used to do them all week. Then sometimes we'd do them through Wednesday night. And then sometimes you'd say, man, this is so good. Let's go even farther. You never heard about the school next day. You started at 730. Can I get a groan right there? Can you imagine if I said, tomorrow night we're going to have church at 730. I'd have three people here. 20 years ago, I'd have 300. What's the difference? It's culture. It's not anything I need to get on you about. Angry is the preacher that thinks he has to get upset because things aren't happening the same way they did 20 years ago. People just don't come up to revival meetings anymore. Yeah, duh, I get it. You don't have to have a church meeting to have revival. But can I tell you something? I think today God is using small groups. I see people faithful to their, their small gatherings, and I get text messages from small group leaders, sometimes multiples in a week that say, the fire fell in our small group. Man, God is working in our small group. God is speaking to our people, preacher. God is working. God still is having revival. It may not look exactly the same method as it was when we had the revival meetings all week long, every night, and your kids, you know, get home at 11 o'clock from, from, from Waffle House. Amen? Remember those days, sweetheart? Actually, we still do that anyway. Uh, but we're a dysfunctional family, so pray for us. I'm simply saying that revival is something that we need, and we need it often. We need often occurrences of this. We need God to revive us out of our apathy. We we tend to just get used to things, and and we need somebody to stir us up. I think that's there's. I think music. I think the reason for uh, the worship music, some of the new exciting music, is because God said, "You know what? They're just singing those songs for the five hundredth time." I mean, it's just like mechanics. Let's get revival. Let's, let's redo some of the old hymns with a little different sound. Let's add more instruments. And I do believe there is an anointing that's been given to the worship music, even the new modern hymns today. I sense that God is basically saying this. I just want to revive you guys. I just want to revive you. I want you to wake up. I want you to feel my presence again. I want you to get excited again about the church and about giving and about worshiping and about serving. And then verse 1, look at it. Come, let us. I want to stop right there for just a moment and say we've got to do this together. We've got to do this together. 
We can't just say, now this is just like for the people that have jobs and retirement and nice cars and big houses, right? I mean, that's not, it's not for us that, I mean, you're not talking to the, about the widow's might here. No, no, I'm talking about the kids and their banks. Amen? Now, I filled this one up this week with my change. Is there a kid in the building that has not yet gotten one of these? If you've not, if you're a kid in the building and you've not yet gotten a bank, raise your hand. Any kids in the building? Any families? Oh, good. Hey, you got one half full. I'm going to give you this, okay? Yeah, you got it. I love it. There's your, here's your bank with your change. So you got to fill that up now, okay? So the kids are participating. Man, I'm glad you were here. Whew. <laughs> Actually, that's a good sign that the kids are in children's church, I guess. But I'm glad she was here. That saved the day. So we're going to have a time where those kids in a few months come forward with those banks. And you say, you mean the kids, the actual, like the babies, the, the little children? They don't have jobs. Yeah, but they got changed. They, they got changed because they're going to ask you for it. Hey, mommy. And you're going to give it to them. Amen? It's going to be exciting because you want your children to be a part of this. So that one day we can look back and say, remember when God moved and God worked, God used our children, our teenagers, 7610 bucks. Our church, every single one of come, let us. We do this together. Let us return to the Lord. For he has torn us that he may heal us. He's torn us. Pain. He's healed us purpose. And you notice it says it like this, God's purpose for the pain is the outcome. God has a reason. God has a purpose. You know what? Can I just speak out of a personal testimony for just a minute? Be be transparent. Just about me personally, why this is such an important Sunday for me. Can I tell you why? And I don't know why it's an important Sunday for you. Maybe a totally different reason. And I'm okay with you saying, man, I'm just excited about the new sound system or the new lights. Or I'm excited about the nursing room. Or I'm excited about the new door. Or I'm excited about the air conditioner. I'm excited about the, the, the drums being in a box. Amen. And I, I mean, you, hey, I'm excited about that too, but that's not why this is an important Sunday for me. This is a big Sunday for me because there's been a lot of pain getting here. He's torn me up. He, he's humbled me. See, I was that arrogant preacher. I was that pastor-led guy. I was the guy. I was the guy that was in charge. I was the guy that, that was traveling all the time, away from my family, away from my church. I was that guy. I, I was the guy wandering from God. But yet I had the title pastor. Oh, I was a good guy. And I preached decent messages. And most people would like me. But I was more building my kingdom than God's kingdom. And so God changed all that. And when he changed it, it was like, whoa, why isn't everybody excited? People started leaving the church like crazy. I thought I was doing the right thing, like getting off my high horse, submitting to Christ, doing the right thing, and saying, look, let's, let's, let, you know, let's let a Tyler Dauber play the drums because he's a young kid who has a great talent. Let's let him do that. I'm thinking this is going to be good. Everybody's going to love it, and everybody didn't like it. They started walking out those doors. People whom I loved as much as I love you. People whom I had baptized. People whose kids I had married. And then came the pastors. We had 185 kids in Champion. We got, I thought it, they'd be excited. I'm making these changes. And they said, no, our kids can't come to Champion. So we, we, we lost 150 students. 
And in the course of that, I sat in a, at Malvern National Bank and heard the banker say, we're going to foreclose on your property in 30 days unless you come up with $100,000. And I'm thinking, gee, God, I really appreciate, I mean, I thought getting away from tradition was a good thing. I thought submitting to you, I thought can't, you know, not being a big shot is what you wanted. And God the whole time was saying, dude, I got to tear you up so I can heal you. It hurts, doesn't it? It's going to hurt. But you won't believe what I got coming. I got a healing. You're going to have freedom and liberty. Actually, Eric, I know you can't believe this sitting in a banker's office 30 days from foreclosure, but one day you're going to have a victory Sunday and be raising $350,000 to renovate your property. He didn't tell me that, but I hear it now. And, and so for me, for you, it may be, for you it might just be, man, I can't wait to, that's a cool looking chair. That's going to be neat. Or I can't wait to, to, for more microphones. I can't wait for a better, better screen or a better baptistry. Or, and I'm all, hey, me too. But can I tell you what I'm most excited about? The freedom and the victory and the healing. I've been healed. God tore me up, but God healed me. And I'm set free. I'm not looking over my back. I'm not worried about losing my family. I'm not disconnected from my kids. I'm a new man. He's healed me. So the fact that I'm standing in front of you having a victory Sunday is crazy. If you consider what our church went through, you would think this day would never come. But it did come. And it is here. And it's a God who says, listen, I know there's a reason. It's hard to understand why I'm taking you through this, but I've got a plan. Listen, moms and dads, do you get this when you discipline your kids? There's a purpose for the pain and it's the outcome. I've got it like this in your notes, that true love is revealed in the willingness, moms and dads, to allow suffering for the consequences in the moment so that the behavior is altered so that there's a greater joy down the road. You see, sometimes our kids need, they need a little discipline. God forbid, a little spanking done appropriately, scripturally, amen. You say, yeah, but, you know, I, I, I'm just worried about it. I, I don't want to hurt my kids' feelings. Listen, you've got to be willing for them to suffer the consequences in the moment so that their behavior will be altered so that in the future they have joy. How many of you kids now are saying, man, I sure am glad my mom and dad didn't let me get away with that. Now I understand. Now I know. I didn't understand it then. I thought they were the meanest people in the world, but now I get it. It's different when you kind of come through and you see what God has done. Then notice in verse 2 it says, He's torn us that He may heal us. And He struck us down that He will bind us up. Verse 2. After two days, He will revive us. On the third day, He will raise us up that we may live before Him. That's incredible. In other words, revival is this. I realize that every moment of every day, I'm living my life before God. That means when I'm on the internet, hmm, I'm alone. No, I'm living my life. This screen is before God. So whatever I put on this screen, God is here. When I'm talking to my wife and I, and, and, and I get a little upset and I raise my voice and I get angry and I begin to mistreat her, ooh, I'm sorry. 
I want to live my life before God with you, honey. This is when I come to church and the offering plate comes. I realize I'm living my life before God. Sometimes we have people turn in envelopes with nothing in it. They just put an envelope in there. It's nothing in it. As if they just want to make sure that somebody thinks they're giving. But you're living your life before God. You see, God saw that you were just trying to be seen of men. Did you know God saw that? God knows there's nothing in that envelope. The point I'm making is this, is that what if you and I lived our lives before God? Here's the part. Here's the point. I'm living my life before him to whom I will give an account. That's the second thing we learned. That's what revival's all about. Revival is living our lives before his eyes. Revival is living our lives with his awareness every day. Revival is living our lives understanding he has requirements for us. Therefore, I, I fill out this card. I, I put my name on it. I, I, I put an amount. I, I'm going to put it in this box. I'm making a commitment. I'm doing this before God. This is not something I'm doing to look good. I'm doing it because God's called me to do it. And I'm going to live this out and be committed to it because this is something I'm going to give an account for one day. I think we need to return to that. We need to return to the awareness of God in our lives. Living our lives before Him. And then, here's the victory verse. You ready? In closing. Here it is. I'm going to read it first, and then I'm going to come back and talk about it. This is it. This is, this is the victory verse for Victory Sunday, and it's my last thought for the day. Let us know. Let us press on to know the Lord. His going out is as sure as the dawn. He will come to us as the showers, as the spring rains upon the earth. So let's break that down, shall we, church? Number one, let us know. No, no, no. Actually, actually, that's not enough. Just just to know facts about God is not enough. I want to press on to know him. You see, there's four ways you can do this. Number one, you can just know facts about God. And a lot of us, that's what we know. We know facts about God. We know this, and we know that, and we've got this verse, and that duty, and we know we're supposed to come to church, and we know we're supposed to give something in the offering, and we've got these these compartmentalized facts we know about God. No real relationship, no heart in it. We're just sort of, you know, if somebody asks us if we're a Christian, we say, yes, I am a Christian. Of course, you know, and that's it. There's no real, there's nothing moving us. It's just, we're just here, and I guess that's better than nothing. But the writer says, I don't want just you to know God. I want you to press in. Press on. So number two, that means there's a heart understanding of those facts. I want to know more. I want God to move me. In this song, Spirit of the Living God, when you move, you move us to tears. And when you move, you move all our fears. And when you fall... We fall on our knees. And when you fall, we fall at your feet. This is pressing on, pressing in. God, I want you to move. And I want you to move in such a way that it moves me to tears. I'm tired of being stirred and not being changed. 
I'm tired of sitting week after week in church and just putting in my Sunday normal check the box. I want God to come. I want to be moved. I want to be stirred. I want to see things like you see things, God. Spirit of the living God, fall on me. Move me. That's what he's saying. I want you to know me. No, no, not just know me. Press. Press in. Press on to know the Lord. And then that turns into an experience with God. It becomes real. It becomes active. It becomes personal. I'm actually going to put my name on this card. I'm not going to do it. Well, if you don't do it, we can't count it because anybody could do that. Well, who's going to know? Terry Cuneo and Jamie Wagner will know everybody's name and they'll put it in the computer. That's it. We don't post this in the Sentinel Record Monday morning. We don't post this in the church worship guide next week. It's just, we just put our names and we give this amount and we make it personal. We make it active and we commit. And it's okay. We're not trying to keep up with the Joneses. We're not, we're not trying to say, well, well, what if it's not as much? No, no, we've already discerned. It's not equal giving, it's equal sacrifice. We've already talked about that. You see, this is an experience. God is working in my life. God is doing something in my heart. God, the figure that I have on that card is something God moved on me to do. It's not just, you know, well, what do you think? What do you think? Well, let's just do this. Well, okay, let's do that. I, I guess so. We'll try, maybe. No, this is a real, live, active, personal commitment. I mean, I had the experience. God brought me to a place where I, 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 I prayed and felt, man, this morning it was so powerful to watch people give their cards. Like, I'm, like we're going to do in just a moment. When I say watch, I mean we're going to respond during the worship time and put our cards in these little boxes. And it, it's so encouraging just to see God move and, and, and to see people come. And I don't know, I, I just believe it takes more than just uh, the easy way out. I think it takes a commitment, a moving, a, a spiritual experience with God. I'm not a spooky guy. I'm really not. But I'm telling you. There's a difference between just coming to church and sitting and then coming to church and feeling his presence. You know what's amazing is, I can't tell you how many visitors come here. How many guests come here and say to me on the way out, wow, my first time here. It's been a while since I felt something in church like I did this morning. And every time they say that after their first visit, I wonder how many of us after our 1,000th visit feel that way. What's the difference between our first visit and the 1,000th visit? What's the difference? Same God, same Holy Spirit. The difference is you and I need reviving. That's all. It's okay. Prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave. The God I love. Here's my heart, Lord. Take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Revive me, God. Change me. Revive me. And then finally... When all of that takes place, you receive blessings from God. You realize, wow, God, it seems like all around me, it's like you are so phenomenal. You are so incredible. God, it's amazing. My kids, my wife, my friends, my church, this is amazing, God. I mean, the Bible, the the sermon, the the worship, this is, God, you're awesome. And all of a sudden, the blessings of God begin to, really illuminate. You begin to see God is good. God is awesome. Man, this is like, this is great. I mean, but God is so much bigger than this. And God is so much more awesome than this. I, 
God, I want to do for you because you've blessed me so much. That's what happens when we know the Lord more. And then finally, look at the next phrase. He's going out is as sure as the dawn. How many of you glad the sun came up this morning? Amen? Amen? Well, that's, that's God's promise about how he will work. It's as sure as the dawn. God says, I am going to work, period, end of story, every single day. When the sun comes up, I'm working. Which means, is the sun up somewhere in the world 24-7? Yes. So God doesn't work 24-7. But this morning when the sun came up, God was looking for a church to work in. He's like, I'm going to work. I got 200 churches. Who wants in? 200 churches in Garland County. Who wants in? I have a feeling probably God's come by Garland Street before and said, I'd have to look for another one this Sunday. I'm not going to present our church as some perfect church. Amen. There's probably been a few Sundays we've, we hadn't been too fertile. But I want God to be able to look at gospel light and say, they're ready. They're ready for me to work. I'm going to work. All right, my, look at it. My going out is as sure as the dawn. As sure as the sun comes up, I am looking for a place, a people, a church to work in. The question is, are they ready? God wants to do it abundantly. Then notice this. He will come to us as the showers. I told my wife, I said, honey, it is raining nonstop. And then Sunday, it's going to sunshine. And I'm thinking... I'm not trying to be spooky here. I'm not trying to say God did it for us. But could I just say God did it for us? I mean, it's raining three days. It's miserable. Just pouring rain. And then all of a sudden, Victory Sunday, it's as bright as you can imagine. It's almost as if God is saying, look, I want to pour out my... In fact, when Scripture says that, that he'll come as the showers, that is a picture of God's blessing. Every commentary said that. Every place I studied said, when you see, that's why we say, there shall be showers of blessings, right? The old hymn. Showers are always blessings. Showers are always God moving. And God says to you and I this morning, listen, I want to send spring rains that water the earth. So God sent us three days before Victory Sunday of his blessings. It was a sign of God saying, I got this. And then on Victory Sunday, the sun comes up. We all come to church. It's perfect weather. And God says, I want this to be as victorious a Sunday as you've ever had. Maybe it's just me that interprets it that way, but I'm asking you to consider it. And so as we come to this place of decision as response, as we decide, God, we want you to work abundantly. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And we planned, we tried to decide, how do we want to do this? How do we want to take up the... the, the I mean, it's a one-time deal. This is like the only Sunday we're going to do this. We haven't done this in 10 years. It's been a long time. And so we're going to just play through a worship song. And we're going to handle it like we do the Lord's Supper. Just whenever you feel ready to come, you come. Maybe you need to sit for a little longer and pray and meditate and let God move. Maybe you need to stand and worship and come right away and... Maybe you haven't filled it out yet. Maybe you need to get a card from the back if you came in late. But whatever you need to do, just take your time. And then as you feel led, I saved mine for the second service. I told the church in the first service, I said, I just want to give it the second service. 
I want to hang on to the very last song and let God move. I'm so excited about this. This is Victory Sunday for Erica Payson. If nobody else, I promise you, I am flying high. Not on that, but on God. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm about as high as you can get this morning on Jesus, on this church, and on God's calling in my life.